Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and certainly I do give God praise for being here with all of you on this episode number 190 of our podcast. BCU family, many of us have heard that taking the salt out of your diet can improve your life. And I'd like to talk about that statement because there's not a lot of truth there. Mm. Yeah, so please take this time to go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend Courages You is coming to you with why you should be salty. Part two. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendcouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everybody. So last time we were together, we started off talking about salt production. We got into some history and looked at how vital salt is to our natural bodies and also in the body of Christ on a spiritual level. So this time around, we're going to talk about what the word of God says on salt. Now, our anchor scripture comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse number 13. And Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And just really briefly, BCU family, when you think about salt... It does enhance the flavor of whatever it is that you have, especially if it's sprinkled just in the right way. It can definitely bring out the taste in something. And I love how Jesus used this as a metaphor for the people of God, that whenever we come into a room or a situation, uh, the Holy Spirit that is down on the inside of us should enhance what's happening. So there shouldn't be confusion and fighting and all of those kinds of things. When the people of God come together, it should be salt rather than any sort of other seasoning. Notice he didn't say anything about pepper, but salt. So let's go into the word of God and talk about one of the earliest mentions of salt. And that would be in Leviticus chapter two. So you can read that in its entirety when you have some private time with the Lord. But what I'll tell you here is that Leviticus chapter two, 
outlines detailed instructions on how sacrifices at that time had to be prepared to be given to the priests and then offered to God. Now, we don't have to do that anymore because Jesus took care of that. But in that time, that's what needed to happen. So you'll definitely need to read it because it is fascinating. Now, in Leviticus chapter two, verses four through six, you'll see that God was very specific about the flour and the oil. And even if the grain sacrifice that was made in a pan, it had to be made in a pan versus a frying pan. And that's very notable because you just couldn't bring your sacrifice to God any old way, BCU family. You just didn't, you just didn't do that. And it's important for us to remember and think about when we bring God our sacrifice of praise, worship, time, money, anything we have for him, we should always be sure that we are giving our very best and following his instructions. And what I mean by that is, is that if God has a task or an assignment for you to do, um, as we do things, Colossians chapter three reminds us that whatever we do, we should do as unto the Lord. So as we do things, um, we're offering up worship to the Lord, our lives, how we treat one another, how we treat our family members, how we react uh, when people disappoint us or make us angry. You know, if we stay in a state of unforgiveness, all of that really is our lives. And when we are walking outside of what the word of God says, you know, are we bringing him our very best? Are we bringing him a pan instead of a frying pan? So, you know, are we bringing him a sacrifice that isn't worthy uh, for him to look at and to accept? So that's what we need to make sure that we do in our lives. All right. So getting back to Leviticus chapter two, looking at verses 11 and 12, God also specifies the seasonings on the offering and that there should be no leave-in or honey, but every offering shall you season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all of your offerings, you shall offer salt. And that is in, again, Leviticus chapter 2, and that's verse number 13. So you might be saying, okay, okay, what on earth does that mean? I know I have to give God my best. Let's go into some more detail about why God wanted this to happen. So um, remember that salt was not just a food enhancer or a monetary trade item like we learned the last time that we were together. It was also a covenant symbol. Now, history teaches us that people used salt as a sign of binding loyalty and as a symbol of alliance. As a matter of fact, in Europe and in parts of the Middle East, salt and bread are offered to guests as a sign of friendship. And there is a phrase that says, we have salt between us. And some of you all will recognize that. Additionally, treaties and truces were formalized, believe it or not, using salt. Each person would take a lick of salt, similar to shaking hands, to seal the deal. Now, salt was also used to heal a rift between parties as well. So if there was a disagreement between people, 
you would invite that person in your home to share a dish of salt. Each person would just lick their finger. I know it doesn't sound very appetizing, but listen, BCU family, this is how things got done. So uh, each person would lick their finger and dip it in the salt and then eat the salt together. And of course, it wasn't a huge amount, but just enough. And as peculiar again as that may sound, when a promise was seasoned with salt, it was so serious, BCU family, that people would rather die than to break their promise. Now that's saying something. So let's let's go back to the scriptures here and examine um, a, another scripture around the covenant of salt. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 13. And again, please read this in its entirety when you've got some time. I'll give you a quick synopsis here. So um, in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, there was a war between Israel and King Jeroboam, and Judah, King Abijah. Now, Jeroboam had a bigger army and was pretty sure he could take Abijah down. King Abijah reminded Jeroboam of God's promise. And it reads, Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave dominion over Israel to David forever, to him and his sons, by a covenant of salt? Hmm. Now, look, God himself is with us as our head, and his priests with sounding trumpets to sound the alarm against you. O children of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you shall not prosper. Then the men of Judah gave a shout, and as the men of Judah shouted, it happened that God struck Jeroboam and all of Israel before Abijah and Judah. And that is in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, verses 5, 12, and 15. And that was the New King James Version. And what I love about that is, is that when God, oh Lord, I thank you. When he promises something, he always, always keeps his word and Judah triumphed in this case. So we praise God for that. So as you're listening, BCU family, are you connecting the dots? Isn't it wonderful to see how God shows us how he keeps his promises or how he kept that promise with something as simple yet as powerful as salt? So how about us and the promises that we make? Are they salt worthy? Solomon warns us to think before we vow. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse number 2 reads this way. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth Therefore, let your words be few. And again, that was in the New King James Version. So BCU family, I cannot speak for all of you, but I know when someone promises something and they don't follow through, it truly disappoints me. Now, of course, things happen and come up and, and that's one thing, but to just not 
keep your word on something, um, it's disappointing. And we want to be mindful of whatever it is that we're promising because God takes us very seriously when we say we're going to do something. And the Lord has really uh, made me more mindful about keeping my word or reminding me to say, you know, with God's help, I'll do such and such, or if nothing changes, I'll plan to, or Lord will, I'll do so and so and such and such. And, you know, keeping, you know, that verse in mind, it helps us to rely on our perfect God to keep our word, because sometimes we do need reminders and God will remind you. And, you know, in the event that something does happen, it's always a good idea to quickly circle back to that person Um, Let them know that, you know, you are going to be delayed in your promise or whatever it is, and then try to fulfill it as soon as you can. That way, again, we're salt worthy with what it is that we say as a people of God should be. So BCU family, the bottom line here is that if you cannot season your promise with salt, it's really best not to promise at all. You know, years ago, there was a cartoon character, and I can't remember who it was, but they said that a broken promise cannot easily be put back together. How very true that is. Amen. Amen. So BCU family, lots to ponder here um, as we think about what it is we say and if we are salt worthy in keeping our word. So I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are on our topic du jour. So if you're not already at the blendcouragesyou.com site, please head on over, go on down to the comment section. Let me know what you're thinking so that we can continue our conversation. Well, BCU family, we are about to wrap things up. Uh, The next time that we are together, uh, we will talk about why we need salt or even more salt in our natural and spiritual lives. So we're going to bring the final uh, installment of the salt series, uh, Lord will, the next time that we are together. So I'm looking forward to it and hope that you are as well. And until that time, may our awesome God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and plenty of salt as you stay on the wall. This is just a fraction of what salt actually does for your body. There's so much more, but again, we're going to condense this uh, for sake of time. Now we've talked about some of the natural need for salt, Let's talk about the spiritual need for salt. So in regulating your body and keeping good things in and bad things out, naturally, same thing goes spiritually. So salt does regulate the body of Christ by keeping the bad out. If you've got salt down on the inside, uh, what will happen is you'll avoid what you're going to hear about here in Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, 
jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I tell you beforehand and have told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And again, that was the book of Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. So when we think about salt being down on the inside BCU family, because we've got the spirit of Christ and that salt, we're not going to practice those things that will keep us out of the kingdom of God. We may slip up every so often and we may struggle. We're not going to willfully, intentionally practice doing those things. Now, what I love about Jesus is, is that while having salt on the inside will keep that bad out, it also keeps us functioning by keeping the good in. What's some of that good? Love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, temperance, faith, meekness. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22. So when you think about it, with the salt that Jesus gives us on the inside, it should show up on the outside. Amen? Amen. So BCU family as a needed spiritual nutrient Jesus also commanded that we have salt in ourselves and peace with one another. And that's found in the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse number 50. So I'll tell you what, the next time that we're together, we're going to take a look at what that means and why salt is vital in friendships and in our agreements. Stay tuned for that. Well, BCU family, I have to tell you that it was a pleasure to go back and look at this and to really think about salt and what it means in my life and how I can make sure that I'm staying salty. Uh, very often we, we hear this term, well, so-and-so was salty about this and so-and-so and was salty about that. And that just means that someone was angry about something or disagreed. And we have to be careful as a body of Christ not to pick up everything that the world says because uh, Jesus said that salt is a good thing and we need to make sure that we are full of salt. So I'm curious to know what you think about our topic here today and how you maintain the salt in your life. So if you would, if you're not already here, please head on over to the BlendCouragesYou.com website, scroll on down to the comment section, and let's continue our conversation. Well, BCU family, it is about time for me to wrap things up. Once again, this is Blend from BlendCouragesYou.com here. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And Lord will, until the next time we are together, may our amazing God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, give you peace, and keep you salty as you stay on the walk.